That cricket was much more appropriate last week when Matthew was playing Morning Has Broken. We'll look for him this week. Maybe we can get rid of it before next week. I heard someone say this week, I saw a meme this week that was funny. It said, had a picture of Joel Osteen, and it said, Joel Osteen looks like Martin Short trying to be Tim Allen. And the meme said, once I saw it, I can't unsee it now. Well, I'm not Joel Olstein. I don't have either the hair or the smile, but I hope you'll hear the same enthusiasm this morning from your pastor about good religion. I've got good news, and I've got bad news. An artist asked the gallery owner if there had been any interest in his paintings on display, and the owner said, well, I've got good news, and I've got bad news. The good news is that a gentleman inquired about your work and he wondered if it would appreciate in value after your death. And when I told him that yes, it would, he bought all 15 of your paintings. Wow, said the artist, that's great news. What's the bad news? And the owner said, the guy was your doctor. (laughs) An attorney representing a wealthy art collector called his client and said to him, I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the art collector replied, well, it's been a bad day. Let's hear the good news first. The attorney said, well, I met with your wife today, and she invested $5,000 in two pictures that she thinks may bring up to $2 million. I think she, she could be right. The art collector enthusiastically replied, wow, I knew my wife was brilliant. You just made my day. So what's the bad news? And the attorney replied, the pictures are of you with your secretary. The last one. The son said to his dad, hey, dad, I borrowed your car yesterday, the Tesla. I was thinking of Brian Smith. I've got good news and I've got bad news. And the dad said, well, what's the good news? And the son said, the airbags work perfectly. (laughs) You know, sometimes you don't even need to speak the bad news. This fall, we are trying to speak the good news. We could all use it, though this is a difficult task because bad news seems so prevalent. The cultural divide is bitter. Social media is the worst thing that ever happened. Our politics is broken, angry, unhelpful. The church is too often part of that brokenness. We need some good news. So today, let me tell you, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is that bad religion will not win. As much bad religion as there is out there, Christian nationalism, Christian fundamentalism, Christian evangelicalism that cannot distinguish church from state, and that Uh, and that same extremism that can be found in every other of the world's religions, as much bad religion as there is out there, bad religion will not win. Good religion, which really is good news for the world, will survive. Good religion will continue to enrich the life experience of those who give attention to the Spirit of God that is loose in this world. And good religion will continue to move the world toward that kingdom Jesus envisioned, a kingdom of God's goodness for all people on earth as it is in heaven. Good religion is winning the battle. I believe this. I know this. 
because I experience good religion every day, right here with you in this place. Good religion. Good religion will survive because evolution is the engine that powers all progress. The evolutionary process that Charles Darwin first described over a hundred years ago is the incredible mechanism that God is using to open the world to a future that is truly open. Now in genetic evolution, what remains one generation to the next is the traits that give the best chance to survive, the best chance for the genes to survive, those genes survive. That phrase, survival of the fittest, sometimes connotes survival of the strongest, the hardest, the toughest. Human evolution, on the contrary, has not been powered by the survival of the meanest, but by the survival of the smartest. The genes that have survived over ages of human development are those that helped us to change the genes that helped us to adapt, the genes that helped us to see an always becoming new future, not those that demanded that we conserve what is best about the past, that we stay there, that we never change. The genes that have survived to see a new day are the ones that have helped us to become more cooperative, not more warlike. Kind genes survive Mean genes do not survive. Now, if you want to know more about this, you can read Survival of the Friendliest by Brian Hare and Vanessa Woods of Duke University. But for today, I want to tell you that like genetic evolution, the religion that will survive in the next generation of religion will not be the religion that continues to push us into the theological world of us or them, either or my God's bigger than your God, religion that is harder, stronger, meaner. Now, to those critics who talk about how slow the church is to change, who love to cite a couple thousand years of bad experiences in institutional religion, I want to remind them that religious understanding has actually changed more quickly than human intelligence in general. The march from Neanderthal to Homo sapien has been achingly slow, eons of slow development. Now, like the critics, I too am embarrassed by many examples of a failed church, past and present. But that arc of the universe, the moral arc, and otherwise, that arc is incredibly long, and the progress that the church has made over its relatively brief history exceeds the progress of human development in general. Those critics of religion are often proponents of science, but I would remind them that religion is on pace with science to change and adapt to new ways of understanding and practice. God is moving us. Despite examples that can be cited to the contrary, we are becoming more compassionate, more open, more inclusive, more generous, more loving. And we are becoming all of those things in and through our religion. I've got good news and I've got bad news. 
The good news is that good religion will win. In the scope of evolutionary time, it was only a couple thousand years ago that one of the sages of religion wrote, How long, O simple ones, will you love being simple? Harsh words for a good news Sunday. The call of lady wisdom is a harsh critique. It is a challenge to bad religion, a call to a better more complex, more sophisticated, more open understanding of faith. And Sophia, as wisdom is known in the Old Testament, Sophia continues her prophetic challenge, give heed to my reproof, that is to my scolding. Because I have called and you have refused, because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I will laugh at your calamity. Now again, this sounds harsh. It could be interpreted as a warning of some personal punishment from just another of the tribal deities, you know, some angry god in the sky. But that would be a simple-minded reading. One commentary reminds us that, there, that in life there are those points of no return, those moments beyond which the natural consequence of decisions of refusing to listen to wisdom cannot be reversed. So Lady Wisdom, this image of Lady Wisdom laughing at those who reap their own whirlwind is not an image of God enjoying human tragedy, but a poetic picture of that kind of realism. If we ignore wisdom, if we stay in our simple-minded state, we will reap the consequences. I've got good news, and I've got bad news. The good news is that though too much of the religious language you hear around you today still reflects a simple-minded theology, something greater is afoot. I believe it. The good news is that good religion has already moved beyond the simple-minded reading of Scripture. So many of the battles in the frightening culture war that is being waged all around us so many of those battles are being fueled by simplistic readings of Scripture. Black and white, good and bad, right and wrong, us and them. But the Bible says, which you hear so often, the Bible says, it only says so in a simplistic reading. Scripture, like all spiritual truth, is never so simple. A simplistic reading of the Bible has no future in a complex world. It is not a genetic trait that will help us survive. The good news is that good religion has already moved beyond a simple-minded understanding of us and them. The insiders and the outsiders, simplistic notions of the saved and the lost, of Christians and everyone else, as our world has gotten smaller through the ease of travel, patterns of immigration, the ease of global communication, it has become more and more difficult to hold to the simplistic notion that we and we alone have all of God's truth. Pluralism, inevitable in a world that so easily mixes the inhabitants and the cultures of the seven continents Pluralism calls us to interfaith dialogue. 
Dialogue, not domination. Conversation, not conversion. Our Christianity, our own Christianity, will be deepened by our interaction with the religions of the world. But a simplistic division of the people of the world into us and them will not survive in a nuclear age. The faith of Jesus and faith in Jesus need not be exclusivist, narrow, simple-minded. Division is not a trait that will help us survive. The good news is that good religion has already moved beyond a simple-minded obsession with dogma, the understanding that certain tenets of belief are necessary for faithful living or survival beyond this life. Good religion has never been about believing the right things. Dan quoted biblical scholar Marcus Borg, who says in one of his books, believing is the least part of faith. We have made it the greatest part of faith. In an interview with the theologian Karen Armstrong, Armstrong says Jesus did not spend a great deal of time discussing the Trinity or original sin or the incarnation, which have preoccupied later Christians. Jesus went around doing good and being compassionate. In the Quran, Karen Armstrong says, metaphysical speculation is regarded as self-indulgent guesswork. It makes people quarrelsome and stupidly sectarian. You cannot prove any of these things one way or the other, so why quarrel about it? Dogmatic belief is not the prescription for a divided world. Doing good and being compassionate are. Orthodoxy is not a trait that will help us survive. The good news is that good religion has already moved beyond the fear of God to the love of God. Scripture says perfect love casts out fear, it always will. The recent rapid movement of Americans from religion to agnosticism or atheism, which is evident in all polling data, is proof that the fear of God, the preaching of divine retribution, the concept of dual eternal destinies of a perfect heaven and a tormenting hell, these are not motivating factors for an educated world. We can no longer scare most people into a relationship with faith. Fear is not a trait that will help us survive into an uncertain future. The good news is that good religion has already moved beyond a simple-minded understanding of truth. Based on the easy dichotomies of right and wrong, good and bad, us and them, those easy dichotomies still preach, I'm sad to say, and they win political elections, I'm sad to say, but the real truth of the real world is that nothing about life resembles such simple polarization. Good and bad, right and wrong, us and them. It's always more complex than that. The wisdom of Sophia has long called us beyond simple-minded truth into a world of beautiful diversity, wonderful inclusion, 
exciting newness, revealing dialogue. Wisdom calls us into a bold new world that looks nothing like yesterday. Ancient wisdom calls us to good religion, practicing faith, not just preaching it, belonging, not just believing, doing good and being compassionate. I've got good news and I've got bad news. Though I see another kind of religion on TV, hear it on social media, good religion is actually the only religion that I experience personally. Good religion, the only religion I ever experience. I see it. I hear it in you. I know it from my friends who are pastors. So today I've got good news and I've got... Today I've just got good news. May it be so. Amen.